Greetings and salutations, cool cats and cuties. Welcome, one and all, to the anime podcast of some sort. I'm David Majors. Some of you might know me as DJM, but I'm kind of not on Twitter anymore, because, well, Twitter doesn't seem to want me around. Uh, I'm joined by my incomparable co-host, Jack D. Allister, rock behind the wheel. Uh-huh. Jackson, what's happening? You know what, Jack? I, I just want to say one thing, and, yes. and I don't say this enough. Uh, Jack, I-, I asked you to be my co-host in in podcasting about cartoons uh, many, many moons ago, and I just want to offer my appreciation and gratitude for you hanging around doing this podcast with me all these years. It's It's been years now, actually, hasn't it? <laughs> it, it really, really has. Uh, I know that sometimes in the, the public anime space, I can be a little bit of a prickly pear in, in the eyes of some. But uh, Jack, I, I want to thank you personally for continuing this journey into conversations about Japanimation. I, I don't say that enough. So Jack... Thank you for being such a cool co-host and and continuing to do this podcast of some sort about anime with me. Oh, oh gosh. Um, well, I, I wasn't expecting that. Thank you very much uh, in return, David, for, you know, just making this such, you know, an excellent venue to just talk about some really excellent nerd stuff uh, to, you know, a, a platform that I think... You know, we've got ourselves a nice, chill thing here, and I really love having that. It's a good part of my life, and, you know, I'm not surprised it's been years, and I'll be happy to, uh, you know, just keep uh, gliding on through years more. That's It's just been great. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that Twitter doesn't want you there, is that I seem to be sticking around at Jack D. Tyler D. making my opinions about anime on Twitter even though it seems that nobody wants me there. So we have kind of the opposite problem here, David, because I know people want you on Twitter, but I don't know. Uh, all jokes aside, I'm hearing some aside, people don't like you. me. Uh, ah, uh, who would know anything about that? Uh, but you, you know what? I, I also want to thank all of you out there in podcast land for listening to uh, the mighty APOS, uh, being a part of the APOSI uh, for all these years. And, and even if you've been listening since all the way back to the A3K days when when Jack and I did that project, I want to thank you sincerely for, for keeping to listening and downloading and subscribing. And even if you... you think we're kind of shitty thank you for downloading and listening anyway uh, tell people that we're shitty that that's cool too because the the clicks and the downloads count the same uh it's but true. as a token of my personal appreciation to everyone out there listening jack we're going to do something that we don't do very often and actually answer an audience question a- and this this is oh. something that I- i'm so excited to do jack because we actually got something from the A Posse. And this comes to us from at Boss Lorcus on the Twitter Twatter. At Boss Lorcus. B-O-S-S-L-O-R-G-I-S. So everybody give Boss Lorcus a follow. And uh Thank you for your thank letter you, or your thank tweet. you for sending this in to us. Uh thank just you for watched this. uh Boss Lorcus writes, just watched Mary and the Witch's Flower and was quite disappointed. Any anime movies you guys might suggest to wash that taste out of my mouth. 
Uh, I know I could rattle off a few. Jack, how about you? Well, actually, I don't have it on my short list here, but, um, you know, if you're looking for something to uh, take a look at that's in the vein of that, of course, Kiki's Delivery Service, if you're not fully familiar, basically the same thing. Uh, also, uh, on the vein of Hayao Miyazaki, Castle of Cagliostro. I've never quite known how to pronounce that. I took French, not Italian. Uh, that's his directorial debut. It's Lupin the Third. Really fun. Really crazy. One of my personal anime uh, movie favorites is Professor Layton and the Eternal Diva. It's a fun uh, one-shot mystery. You don't have to know anything about the game. Highly recommended. Very cute, sweet story. Very fun animation. And uh, in the vein of live-action anime releases, I think the Ace Attorney uh, film is quite good. And you just looking at the costumes and the characters themselves is almost worth it enough. So those are a few of mine. I know that we had a common one here to talk about, David, but what about you? What are some anime movies that you think of? Keeping sort of in that vein of the Studio Ghibli Hayao Miyazaki vein, uh, The Wind Rises. I really enjoyed how subdued and low-key that film was, but it was also very beautifully animated, and I, I loved the story of The Wind Rises. Uh, also, uh, and this movie, anime, live action, whatever, it is very high up, and I might even say it is probably my favorite movie of all time, and that is the movie Avalon. It was directed by Mamoru Oshii uh, of Ghost in the Shell fame, and any of his directorial works, really, uh, if you... If you are looking for something to really enjoy, uh, I believe Avalon is, is one to really, it gives you a anime motif while still being a live action action film that is really well done, in my opinion. And now, David, Jack- just say, we, we've known each other for years. We just got through saying, I just have to say, that does not surprise me a bit that that is your favorite movie. It's sometimes you can just tell. It is not surprising. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In yeah, the that, least, that, that is your favorite. That, that, that movie is is the most David movie in the world. Yeah, it, it really is. It, it's if very on brand. Anime related. If I had to pick an animated related movie for a favorite, I suppose I'd have to go with Howl's Moving Castle, which I also think is not surprising. <laughs> but David, there's it's still good one. all the same. It, it's uh, yes. really excellent. Uh, yes, there is one that we both put on our list, and uh, appropriately enough, uh, everyone was recently celebrating the life of the great director, Satoshi Kon, uh, in the eighth anniversary of his passing. And the film that came to mind was the movie Paprika for yes. Apos Lorius. Uh, Paprika, that is one that Jack and I... Uh, fully recommend. Uh, I actually had the privilege of seeing Paprika when I saw it first. I actually got to see it in the theater, and that oh, was a lucky. beautiful experience. Let me tell you, Jackson. That's excellent. Yeah, it's it's a slightly less uh, pure experience, I'd say, uh, watching it after clicking out of the DVD menu because for whatever reason they chose, you know, that one earworm song from the parade to be the DVD menu song, and it just doesn't give a very good first impression. <laughs> that particular part of the score just didn't set right with me at first. I went, ah, what am I getting into? But that all being said, Paprika is an excellent, excellent film. And I think that the comparison of, 
anime inception is very not it, it's it's not a deep cut it's absolutely just surface comparison there's so much more to it than uh i, I mean there's a lot to inception too of course but there there's so much to it there's i i <laughs> It's so cliche. There really are layers and and all different kinds of dreamlike symbolic uh, points to the story that I just really love personally. And the visuals are, of course, excellent. And it's and funny to call it's funny to call Paprika an, anime Inception when Paprika came out way before Inception. Did. That's what people forget too, because that was the joke of oh, anime Inception. Like guys, this came out. Bruh. Yeah. What what can you do? People perceive things in, you know, the opposite order of what they think. Well, I they're mean, wrong. I thought Fist of the North Star, Fist of the Nose Hair, I had seen Bobo Bo first, David. That's oh. how that goes. I wasn't quite into the post-apocalyptic stuff, so when I went to go see <laughs> Okoto no Ken, I wasn't quite clear why he was copying Bobo Bo, you feel me? Ah, yes, we it was the other way around. We make our mistakes. We learn. Uh, it happens to bad. the best of us. But hopefully, uh, Boss Lorgas, some of those uh, movies might set you off on a path. Uh, and, of course, there's so many more aside from that I can I can think of. Anime movies are just... They're, they're, they're widespread, and there's all different kinds of genres for every kind of uh, taste. So I actually urge some of our listeners to uh, maybe go ahead and at us, and I'll be happy to retweet anybody's uh, favorite or recommended anime movies. So go ahead and let me know, at Jack D. Tyler D., or you can go ahead and tag that APOS. Uh, be happy to look at those. Uh, let's go ahead and jump right in, David. Uh, you uh, brought this story yeah. to me. Next story comes to us. Uh, It's kind of the big story of the recent news. Uh, Crunchyroll, the the anime streaming giant that they are, is taking another big step. And they are heading to start doing original series, Jack, in 2019. Crunchyroll is pulling a Netflix, and they're beginning to produce original series. And their first original series will be called High Guardian Spice, and it will be starting in 2019. Uh, High Guardian Spice is created by Ray Rodriguez, and it revolves around rosemary, sage, thyme, and parsley. Uh, it's it, it's not a cooking show, and, and but, it's but, probably but, not chowder. It's probably David, not chowder. David, they missed their opportunity. Parsley, sage, rosemary... And time, they missed their opportunity in the in the ordering of this. God damn it, Crunchyroll! No, this is Polygon that wrote this. God damn it, Polygon! Not actually, God damn it! You have some excellent stories. Anyhow, what do these girls do? Uh, they meet at Guardian Academy and they train to become guardians. And they hone their battle and sorcery skills. And also, they, they're learning about life and, and love and, and all that good stuff while training to be heroes. Now, of course, like with anything involving the mighty Crunchyroll, people are mad on the internet, Jack. People, people be are mad immediately on, mad. People be mad on the internet, Jack. Because, Oof. well, some people don't like that Crunchyroll is making an original series – 
and some people are upset that this revolves around women. And it's and that it's an all women bride staff reportedly and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And you know, people be mad on the internet about that for some reason. The things people get mad about. I mean, I'm looking at the artwork here, David, and you know the 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 synopsis is very very vague. What kind of guardians? What exactly? The artwork is simple but cute. It is definitely anime inspired. It's a lot like uh, Little Witch Academia, of course, is the first thing that really comes into mind for me. But uh, David, I did actually look after hearing about this story. I immediately found uh, an article uh, and arguments uh, among a lot of commenters on the internet discussing why they thought this was a bad idea. And the arguments were pretty repetitive, but the main argument was is my money that I'm paying Crunchyroll to continue to sub and acquire anime titles being put towards something I don't want, this Western-made property. And I thought that was actually kind of a decent argument. It wasn't, of course, phrased that (laughs) politely, but that was the first thing I thought of. And uh, I don't know. What do you think, David, uh, of this? I don't know if there's been any... uh, Big. I, I looked at the trailer for this, and uh, they give you a little bit of a look at the staff, but there wasn't really any big, uh, I don't know, there wasn't a big push for financial anything as far as I was seeing. I don't know no, what's going on no. with this as far as I know. By all accounts, this was not crowdfunded. This is uh, strictly being paid for by Crunchyroll, and whomever is making sure Crunchyroll stays afloat and has the necessary funding to fund High Guardian Spice. The idea that someone is saying that their money to Crunchyroll is going to something they don't support doesn't really hold a lot of water for me, and I'm going to tell you why. Because if you are someone that buys a Netflix subscription, and you may watch only one or two shows, but you're keeping that subscription, you know that you're probably contributing even the tiniest fraction of amount to some really terrible degrade movies and probably some shows and some content you might not necessarily watch yourself, but other people might. And if that really bothers you, then you're going to have problems paying for a lot of things. Because if it's if it's something that is available to the masses, if it's something that a lot of people are contributing to, then you're going to have to realize that uh, it's it's really not just about you and your enjoyment, because there are going to be a lot of people out there that might enjoy this show. And then there might be a lot of people out there that might not enjoy this show. Also, Crunchyroll, they are more than just a company that dubs anime. They are a... They are... They're a production studio now. They they are becoming content creators. As and of this recording, there's going to be a convention this weekend that yeah. has been coordinated by their company. Hello. Crunchyroll is becoming more than just a subtitling company. Uh, it's been a I'd long... i it's an entertainment platform and yeah. maybe even an entertainment industry is a, fa- it... is a more fair way to per- uh, put it. I think what a lot of people still have in mind is that 
the anime genre is still this kind of tiny secret thing. And let me tell you guys, it's been a long time since Crunchyroll was just kind of the, the website you went to for illegal streams. It's been a long to our last time. Of, it's been a very <laughs> long time. And I don't know how many of you have picked up on this or not, but the anime medium has kind of grown in size in the last decade or so. It kind of than It's bigger than just one person or one group or one fandom and their individual desires. And if Crunchyroll sees a opportunity to further their brand and possibly uh, increase their revenue... That's what any business would do. That's what any kind of private business or, or public business would do. They see an opportunity to increase their business. So what's the problem? Now, Nanny, as far as I can see, thank you for letting now, me play devil's advocate. I, I actually kind of think the series looks very cute. I think the artwork now, looks Now it's my turn adorable. to play devil's advocate, Jack. Now it's All my right. turn. Go ahead. High Guardian Spice. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. Can I say the word derivative? I think that's a fair point. It, it looks like the knockoff Little Witch Academia. A and using rosemary, sage, thyme, and parsley. And, and <laughs> as, as someone who <laughs> loved the Cartoon Network series Chowder, come on, dude. Yes. Come on. You're, you're no, killing me. For those, David, they tended to use uh, food words that weren't always in common circulation. They didn't use things like sandwich as character names. They had very rare vegetables and, uh, uh, you know, those kinds of terms like mung dal, the mung bean, and endive, for example. You know, Chowder put a little bit of thought into it to make them really sound like names, to find name-like foods. These are just, we're going to name them spices. <laughs> and I furthermore to, to, to compound on another point there is another show that is very colorful very well done with a predominantly female animated cast where they're just kind of named after things like oh I don't know rocks uh, oh and yeah it, it, it uh, kind of reminded stories. me of it Keep kind of it kind of reminded me of that too. Uh, and, and the and, the the trailer and, with the the listing of the artists and everything kind of did did uh, it smelled of the same kind of crew to me for sure. And they're they're going to an academy to learn how to use their powers. Small sorcerer college academy academe. <laughs> uh, is, is there is there uh, a teacher in a wheelchair? Is he is he American but kind of British too? It's time to watch Blurry Blotter and the Parsley Spell. Can, can I can I say it sounds a little bit derivative, like a little bit derivative, Jack David? I'm I'm gonna let you in on something. Now I know as an I know nothing <laughs> as is ever artist. nothing is completely original. There is nothing everyone, new under the sun. 
everybody takes <laughs> something from something. I know. I know. Now, I know. I, I have come to say. on. But come on. Jack, come on. Let, let me tell you about a little series that sounds like the most derivative thing until you actually watch it, David. There's a little manga and anime series, and the anime is a little different, so I'll talk about the manga called Ultramaniac. And it talks about a girl who came from the Magic Kingdom to Earth to study at a Japanese high school and befriends a young girl who doesn't believe in magic and tries to befriend her using her magic powers. This sounds like the most whatever thing, right? But you you have to realize that the, the background of the artist who created the story was coming from a predominant nonfiction or, or um, <clears throat> more realistic fiction and even sports-related manga career. So when she made this, it wasn't typically fantasy and there weren't a lot of the trappings. The way that you frame a story and the way you convey it can be entirely different. So the synopsis of something can sound really lame. It all depends on what you do with a premise that really, really matters. As I also learned from a little movie called The happy time murders this last weekend we won't get into that but david i'm saying i'm going to be cautiously optimistic because even though it looks very simple and it's not my favorite art style it looks cute and i like cute things i'm going to keep an eye on it and see if it does okay at least for whoever might actually enjoy it i'm not even totally up in arms about the actual visuals and and uh, the the cute artistic style of the show that is not what i am bringing up as a grievance i am bringing up all of the plot points and story points that we know about high guardian spice so far and i'm just saying come on oh i agree it sounds Could like you, all the things th- this really does sound like the team behind this kind of put all of their favorite things of the last few years, maybe of the last five years or so, kind of stirred them all up and, and put them together. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but it really almost feels like they're being very transparent about it. Like, you know how you hear about how Hollywood pitches go, where it's where you're in in a meeting with some kind of Hollywood movie exec and you'll say it's like inception but in space like i i read I the premise of high guardian spice and for me it it read like it's like steven universe but at a school and it's like <laughs> my hero academia and you put them together I, I did think huh? to myself, huh? it's like Little huh? Academia, but with spices. Th- that's my issue, is that it is so Hollywood pitchy. I'm I'm just going to say, David, that neither of us, and in fact, no one has seen any footage of the show. In fact, we've only seen the synopsis and the illustration. It has yet to come out. So, we'll see in 2019. We'll see. We there there might be clips before then, and I hope they're all right. I'd like to see some good. I do too. I never want anything to fail outright. I, I never do. 
Neither do I. Jack, I didn't even want the Death Note Netflix live action movie to fail. I didn't want oh. it to fail. Yeah, me neither. And, ap- and apparently it didn't. <laughs> well, I'm still not happy about it now. Because it's getting a <laughs> sequel. David, I feel like the worst. The worst oh, man. Right now, but I'm not happy about this. When I saw this story, I nearly fell out of my chair laughing. Because Why? so so many people were so mad about this movie. And and it goes back to what we were talking about with Neo Yokio. And that so many people hate watch so many things, and so many people watch trashy content for the sake of watching trash, that things start getting made again. Will Smith's Bright is getting a sequel. I heard Neo- about that too. God damn it, people. Neo Yokio is getting another season. Guys, stop it. And and now the Death Note movie is getting a sequel. Because you idiots gotta hate watch things and you've gotta watch your trash and you've gotta make your terrible YouTube videos about how you're mad at things. Stop, David, 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 don't, don't be, don't be the controversial guy. Come on. I don't know. It's fine, David. David, Be nice, David. You played Blaze Blue. You played Blaze Blue. You're familiar with a little character called Yuki Terami. And you're familiar with how in the story he basically cleaves every single union and character affiliation he can possibly do because he feeds off the misery of others, which is thusly why he was the main antagonist of the series, people. Do not feed the trolls or the bad movies or the Yuki Terami. Stop feeding things that don't need to be fed. Here is what I will say about the Death Note movie. We reviewed it, Kaz and I, on Two Nerdy Black Guys not long after it came out. And the main thing that I did was I completely disassociated it with Death Note. And I was able to do that. I said to myself, this is not Light Yagami. This is not Death Note. It's just not. It's just not. Uh, In the same vein where Akira Toriyama completely disavowed Dragon Ball Evolution before it came out uh, in theaters, he he said, it's like an alternate universe. Uh, Don't, don't, don't. Just just keep me away from that. I, I, I have none to do with it. None to do with it. I imagine whoever was involved with Death Note and the the mangaka of Death Note was saw this and was like, yeah, that that's that's its own thing over there. That that that's a thing that that the Americans are are trying to do. And when I did that, I could honestly say it was not the worst movie I've ever watched. And I feel like a lot of anime fans really just refused to acknowledge that the best thing you can do for things like this is that you completely disassociate it from the anime, even if it has the name Death Note on it. Just don't, because the characters were not the same, the premise was mostly not the same, and if you try and judge it on that scale, it's just not going to be the same. 
And as far as things I've seen on Netflix, as far as movies go, it was not the worst. It really, really wasn't. And I said that on Two Nerdy Black Eyes. I'm saying that now. The net, the Death Note movie was not the worst thing I'd ever seen. Will I watch the sequel? Probably not. Please don't. Uh, now, you say that. I think a, a really main thing, and I, I believe I've mentioned this before because we did mention the Death Note movie on APOS as well. Uh, we didn't get too in-depth of it, but uh, the good that I took away from it is that uh, Willem Dafoe is and always will be incredible when he gives a shit about the things he goes into. He's excellent as Ryuk the Shinigami in the film, so if you do have to hate watch it with somebody who doesn't know any better, then I guess you can enjoy his performance in it, because he's pretty excellent there. David, I think as far as... It, oh, and um, L, the detective, I think that um, the actor for him was actually pretty competent and excellent. So, you know, it, it was different. It wasn't quite the same. That being said, I think that the main problem that Death Note the movie had that Netflix Death Note has is it just doesn't have the same philosophy or the, the same idea at its core as Death Note has. And again, like you said, David, you've disassociated it completely. But I feel that if you're going to be inspired and make something different with that kind of a concept, you might still want to, at the very least, acknowledge the idea of the gray morality they they tried but i just it was so in your face about it as opposed to being subtle you know how it is in death note that everybody knows it's really great <laughs> i don't know that's my own personal bugbear but all that being said i'm definitely not watching this well at least that'll be the two of us that don't yeah, at least the two out of, what, maybe 300 million people who are going to be like, oh, God, it, it's got to be bad. It got 12 on Rotten Tomatoes. Let's check it out. <sighs> Why do you waste your time, people? We here at the Anime Podcast of some sort do not endorse watching trash content. We do not endorse it. Now, David, I know you're going to see this is incorrect, but I promise you that whenever people go, I don't know what to watch on Netflix, and they're about to pick some garbage, if they haven't seen it, I'll ask them, have you seen B-Movie? And I'll tell you what, David, it's not a valuable use of your time, but it's entertaining, and at the very least, probably better than any of the things that we mentioned during this story. Better than Neo Yokio. Better than Death Note. Who knows? And, and here's one. Just, just, just to keep in the theme, if you're in the mood for something on Netflix, be the beginning. It's a really be good anime. You remember Death how Friday, early in... If you haven't gone to that. Early in 2018, we were talking about how Netflix was picking up all this great anime. That's one of them. And Devilman Crybaby. But if you haven't watched yeah. that by now, you're like the one of about seven people. <laughs> you're so under a rock. Get, Get get on get on that one seriously. What the heck? Uh, but Jack, yep. uh, on the topic of watching anime, actually, uh, I will admit I I've kind of taken a break. Uh, I know that for this season, I was actually 
pretty pleased. I was watching about three or four different shows this this season, and just somewhere along the line, I've had a rough couple of weeks, I'm not going to lie. I just kind of had to take a little bit of a break. And I'm saying to anime, hey, it's it's not you, it's me. And now I, I finally understand what it means when girls say that. Understand now. Makes a lot of sense. To, to anime that it's not you, it's me. I will probably be back. But uh, how about you, Jack? What's been going on with you? Uh, I've been catching up on Cells at Work and uh, on the subject of Netflix. I was also uh, checking out Disenchanted. Enchanted. It is mediocre or disenchantment. I keep forgetting because something else is called disenchanted. Uh, the new Matt Groening show. It is mediocre. It, it, it's all right. Oh, is it? Maybe watch. The, is it really? Maybe watch the second half. Maybe watch the second half of it. Uh, that's where things are interesting. It's not laugh out loud funny. It's just kind of mildly amusing. John DiMaggio as uh, the king. Still an excellent, amazing voice actor, of course, known for being uh, Jake the Dog on Adventure Time. And, of course, Mung Doll on the aforementioned Chowder. Really great voice actor. Just fantastic guy. Uh, you know, uh, maybe check it out if you're even, you know, a mild fan of, you know, Futurama or whatever, because it's kind of similar. And I did hear something. This This kind of gave me an epiphany. Uh, someone mentioned it was similar to Game of Thrones, which I know nothing of, and that might be why some of it is not entirely interesting to me. That might be why it's so mad to me. So maybe if you like Game of Thrones, you might catch more of the parody or whatever, but I'm not sure. But on the subject of other Mac Raining stuff, uh, the Quickie Mart. That's one of my favorite. Jack, I, I did want to ask you, though. Yes. I did want to ask you real quick. Yes. Uh, you mentioned Cells at Work, uh, one of oh, the yeah. anime that I was watching this season. But again, I'm taking a little bit of a break. I'll, I'll get caught back up. There was one episode of Cells at Work recently that seemed to cause a bit of a conversation. Uh, and I'm curious about your take. Uh, there was an episode revolving around a cancer cell. Did you catch this one? Yes. I absolutely did. And uh, almost immediately, I managed to check out a really excellent video that uh, Mother's Basement put out. I've mentioned uh, that channel before on YouTube, but there was an excellent discussion uh, that did partially delve into the cancer episode. So if you're at all interested in cells at work, I'd go ahead and check out that video at Mother's Basement on YouTube. Uh, And yeah, David, cancer, yes, absolutely. I had a reaction to that. and. I guess I can get into that a little bit uh, without spoiling too much about the episode. Just the way that they framed it, I think, is 100% the best possible way they could have. Rather than the usual monster of the week way that they handled the character, if you can call it a character, it just... I, I've i been crying fairly frequently these, these weeks because it's been a couple of rough months myself, uh, David, but... Yeah, that that had some cathartic tear-jerking moments for me. I'm not even going to lie. And uh, I did actually plan, and I didn't get around to it that day, but uh, that I watched it, but I was going to tweet about that. So I guess uh, people on Twitter can check that out. But in the meantime, just cancer is... It's something that invades our lives, and, you know, it's a huge part of you know my life and my father's life you know it's just something that's always been in my awareness and uh you know things like agdq and the prevent cancer foundation and uh 
you know, stuff like that. I'm just constantly, constantly uh, thankful for that these kinds of things become more and more in the public awareness, especially for people in my kind of ilk, you know, nerdy people. It's it's sure. so helpful. And I, you know, I just get more and more hope each time. And the f- fact that uh, there was such a reaction to the cancer episode does not surprise me one bit. So, um, well, I, I'm feeling like I, I might check that one out. I feel like I, I feel like I, I owe it to people. To check that one out, I was taking a little bit of a sabbatical just because the, the last couple of weeks I've been going through a lot, but uh, I think that will be where I dive back in. Uh, but let's dive back into the podcast for a minute, and there was something about oh, yeah. the Quickie Mart that you wanted to bring up. Now, I, if I'm seeing this, uh, it's looking like the Quickie Mart is in the real world. So, David, I'm going to take you back to when the Simpsons movie was a thing. And ah, I see, actually. I was, that's what I was going to bring up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually saw the movie in theaters with a friend of mine. I had no idea the context of anything, by the way, because once again, for those of you who might just be joining and don't know the context, I just started watching The Simpsons in January of 2018. So, I've got a lot to catch up on. Uh, and I, mark- be, being a '90s kid, <laughs> The Simpsons is a is a cornerstone of my pop culture lexicon. Go ahead, Jack. Well, well, people people my age still enjoy The Simpsons. It just happened to be something wasn't a part of my life until fairly recently. But uh, back in 2007, when The Simpsons movie was being heavily marketed everything was simpsons yellow i remember that it was a far happier day than the minions yellow of these days but 7-eleven had an ad campaign where they had swapped out some of their items and their trappings to become a real life quickie mart so yeah this has happened before but not to the scale of what is currently happening david as opposed to just a cosmetic change to a regular uh store there is an actual honest-to-goodness IRL Quickie Mart that is opening up in Myrtle Beach in South Carolina. Or it has opened. It's already opened. And they sell all different kinds of foods based off of the show. Of course, your favorite Lard Lad donuts. Something that really surprised me is Duff Beer has been turned into an energy drink, I guess. So everybody can enjoy it. But why why would it be an energy drink? That's a I don't great know. I'd rather question have a because beer and I don't even like beer. <laughs> I'd rather you have could even beer. be the kind of person that would collect those Duff beer and then hold on to it, and then like ten, twenty years from now, you could uh, like make a video about trying it, like people do. Oh my do. god! Well, I know that there are some old vintage uh, drinks from the '90s that were based off of Duff beer and Moe's Tavern. The tap they had like a kind of energy drink for that. Like, like they've done stuff like that before, and that stuff is on sale on eBay, and the prices are insane. I, I just don't know <laughs> the the beer energy drink change. Just it surprises me, but probably uh, for the kids. All y'all, all y'all in South Carolina, I guess uh, lucky. And I'll just stick to uh, eventually making my trip to Universal Studios for the first time. Take a look at what they've got on tap for the tourists down there but this was very exciting and the photos and videos are really cool the building is just so cartoony compared to the surroundings it's awesome 
I, I'm, I'm impressed by this. I have to admit, I'm pretty, pretty impressed that they're, they're committing this much because they did not commit quite this much, uh, with the Simpsons movie. Just a few 7-Elevens here and there. Now, yeah. espe- what came to my attention was given the recent controversy involving Apu earlier this year, uh, I'm really wondering how employees uh, in South Carolina might be reacting to this, given oh, that convenience man. stores, gas stations. Uh, I- I'm really curious about how that's going more than anything. You know, I am wondering about that now that I think about it. But, you know, the conversation might have been had like we can open up a a Simpsons theme thing. Well, no one really remembers Luigi, so we're not going to open up the Luigi's Italian restaurant. Well, it's in between most tavern or the quickie mart. Guys, we can't sell to kids. We can't sell alcohol to kids. We have to do the quickie mart. <laughs> I can just imagine it like right there, just having to narrow it down. And that's the one thing. But yeah, now as you think about it, David. Well, the only thing I know for sure is who needs the quickie mart? I do. Well, I promise I will oh not hurl a bricky mart. I will not hurl a Bricky Mart. Their floors are sticky, Mart. Moving on to the next story. <laughs> if someone does hurl a Bricky Mart, they might need to call an attorney. An ace attorney, if you will, Jack. Everyone's favorite anime, Lionel Hutz. <laughs> <laughs> the learning. ace attorney. You're, you're picking it up. I'm so proud. Uh, the ace attorney anime is getting a second season. Now, Jack... You are the Ace Attorney aficionado that that I go to for all things Gekten Saiban. Indeed. But you were not the biggest fan of the first season of the anime. So how was your take when you heard that a second season got greenlit? Um, I, I was mostly surprised by the, the broadcast slot time, which I made note of here in our notes. Uh, this second season is actually going to be broadcast in the time slot that is currently broadcasting the popular shonen series my hero academia my hero academia now david i I don't know that that just surprised me just because of how popular that series is but the second season in and of itself i'm just kind of thinking all right because david this anime is exactly what I didn't want. It's exactly what no one really wanted. It's not really for anybody. I I honestly can't recommend this experience of Ace Attorney to basically anyone. I know the games are time-consuming, but there is literally no platform that is without an Ace Attorney game. You can get all the games... For free, or at least a cheap package price of the original trilogy on your mobile phone. Basically any mobile phone, I believe it. iPhone, Android, doesn't matter. Uh, Of course, the DS games are super easy to find. There was the remastered 3DS version with updated sprite work. There, Everything. There's manga with original stories, which... That was what I brought this story in, David, for, is to mention what I wanted from the Ace Attorney anime, and what I would hopefully want from the second season that I know I'm not going to get. And that is what the manga accomplishes. 
in the manga, Phoenix Wright basically solves a lot of one-shot cases. They may happen over a course of a couple chapters or maybe even a couple volumes because they want to stretch it out and really introduce some characters or bring Would you want to see something like, like that? Heart. Say, hey, a lot of heart. Uh, would you want to see something like that, say, in an episodic style? Absolutely. They do that so well in the manga that I think it would work perfectly for the anime and i was so disappointed when the anime started and everybody's favorite anime proceedings continued by which i mean the first game which is now in its sixth retelling was shown in perfect how, detail how long has it been since the first phoenix right game came out it the feels like phoenix it's right game feels like uh, it came out a long time ago. It was for GBA on it, Japan. That was when it, it was feels released. Like, it uh, feels like it's really, really, really way back. Yeah. Here's, was still established in 2001. Here's your old man DJM moment of the day, everybody. Yeah, the, the I, Phoenix Wright was a big... Sorry, go ahead. I was still in high school when that happened. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. The Nintendo a- 3DS trilogy. When did that release? I'm just looking this up for my own notification now to just see how recent that retelling was. But 2016. It, it, it's, it seems like at this point, there's so much material and so many characters that a Phoenix Wright anime feels like it could be something that has so much material to go on and so many characters. On paper, it really should work. What about the anime, besides it really being a rehash of the first game? What didn't work for you about it? And give us a little bit more of what you're, what you would hope for in the second. All right. Uh, so they did actually move on into Justice for All and, of course, everyone's favorite lady prosecutor, Franziska von Karma. Mm. Uh, and, I believe if uh, now I again, I haven't watched uh, through the Justice for All uh, episodes, so I'm not certain if they have gotten into Trials and Tribulations with Prosecutor Godot, which is one of my personal favorites, but they'd likely be going forward into that. What I can say about what it does do in rehashing the first game and the cases there, things it does right uh, each of the characters reacts as they do in the game with the proper movements and body language and mannerisms like they do in the sprites, but of course to a higher resolution because this is a drawn anime. That being said, characters are inconsistent from scene to scene, which of course is my favorite thing in the whole wide world, Steven Universe. And it, it's just, even to people who weren't quite savvy on that kind of stuff like it's just jarring it's it's pretty much as bad as as su it is just a really frustrating thing to look at uh there isn't a whole lot of action and motion for scene to scene it's a lot of talking heads jack tell me this was it early episodes of dragon ball super bad oh i i'd say just about just Mm. about Talking Heads, it really took the worst parts of 
the games, you know, really stretching out the investigative portions and not streamlining them and making them interesting, not focusing on the proper things to help draw the viewer towards the conclusions. Even though I've seen these cases so many times because I've played the game so frequently, it still, still could have been done in a better way. They've tried some stuff with some weird visuals, like, they've tried, but it just doesn't really accomplish anything. The, it, it just keeps the talking head format of the game and just animated it in the most direct-to-logic it's just the logical progression of, I guess, this is what we're supposed to animate. It, there was no thought and really intent there. I just don't know if there was a director involved. Was anyone directing this? Did they just have people just draw things willy-nilly and go, I, I guess, that's a scene? Like, it, it just is constantly, constantly just these shots of people straight on, David. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> it's just really frustrating to me. And what I would want moving forward is to break out of the conventions of the game where you are constantly having to look forward and really bring something special into it that you could only accomplish with an anime. Maybe show the full flashback. They've done that a couple times with some of the cases, but it it's just not it, it's not a fun time. It, it what could I would imagine do more with it is, is what I mean. a I, I can imagine Jack a really really well animated breakdown in a phoenix right anime that's what i would look forward to something like that exactly like that just get yourself oh you know what we need all the people that are working on all the true crime shows in america to take a quick field trip over to japan and talk to the animation crew for ace attorney and just impart some of their wisdom I think that's really all you need. D One really good, well-animated back uh, breakdown of of a suspect where they just absolutely lose it, and it's the most beautifully drawn thing in the world. I think that would be that would be really, really great. You know what, David? I'm going to recommend something to you and to other people, and I'll recommend this a lot. I usually recommend you play through the game, but, you know, however you can, I'd like you and anyone listening to uh, somehow play or watch your way through the first case. It's short of Apollo Justice Ace Attorney. That was the fourth game in the series. Single handedly best animated breakdown in the series. And that was the first uh, game, uh, not Game Boy Advance. That was the first one that was made specifically for the DS. So they had a huge technological ramp up. So they had a lot more uh, capabilities for the graphics. So it's really great. Seriously, take a look at it. The, the character breakdown is fantastic for that case. First case and of Apollo Justice, Ace Attorney. I will put that in the show notes. I'll find and a clip also, and I'll put Apollo it in the show Justice notes is an excellent character and i think if they really wanted to what ace attorney season two could do is just skip us ahead to the apollo justice era because i won't say exactly what the circumstances are but basically apollo justice is kind of like the diddy kong to phoenix Wright's donkey kong like he's kind of like the younger scrappier lawyer and he's oh no like i was gonna say he, he's not he's not scrappy do is he Oh, God, no, no. 
you really think Diddy Kong is, is comparable to Scrappy Doo? You, you used the word Scrappy, and, and my ear perked up. Oh, okay. Well, no, he's he's nothing like Scrappy Doo. He's actually quite an earnest, excellent uh, character to watch on the screen. You know, just a really great, uh, energetic uh, protagonist, and a really interesting quirk. Uh, I, I say quirk, and now people think My Hero Academia, but uh, interesting supernatural uh, tie-in, if people are familiar with the Ace Attorney series. The Cyclops, which again, are not really used in a fun visual way in the series. That could be worked on as well, Ace Attorney. Uh, the Cyclops, which are the kind of fun visual way that Ace Attorney references people hitting, hiding secrets within their emotions and their hearts and things like that. Uh, uh, Apollo Justice has kind of a unique poker tell sort of thing, and it, it just weaves in perfectly to that case. So seriously, people, Apollo Justice, Ace Attorney, really cool. And just Ace Attorney, the anime, I just... Uh, I'll, uh, we'll be in touch. Let's so, let's keep hope alive. Let's keep hope alive. I do want to look here, and I, I, I do want to make it a quick note uh, that I am on the Ace Attorney page on Crunchyroll, and it looks that so far for... The- of season one they did make it to the end of justice for all so most likely they're going to be getting into trials and tribulations so i'm just hoping maybe they'll just ramp up the animation because if they do and they kind of get their act together about that season two jack, might be the one where you start because let, that is let me really offer a glimmer of hope yes. for you jack yes it's been greenlit for a second season it's yes. being put in a pretty prime time slot it's possible Indeed. their budget got upped so maybe they will have a little bit more for animation. Maybe. Because maybe I, well I gotta could. be honest with you guys, Justice for All is not a great game, and everyone's seen the first case of the first game so long, so you might just start at Season 2. You might just have to start at Season 2 of Ace Attorney. Like Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. the only person I know who says that. Oh, no. It, it's... Oh. God's honest truth. Uh, for for the Star Trek fans out there, we all know, for the next generation, only a brave soul starts with season one. And, and all Trekkies, one and all, tell everyone, when it comes to the next generation, season one is bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. No. Season two is slightly better, and season three of Star Trek, the next generation, is when it becomes the show that we all know it becomes. Speaking so, of bad. Bethesda. <laughs> it seems like uh, there's something you want to talk about. Do you? Yes, I certainly do. Bethesda. They are threatening, a sort of, that they may not in the future, uh, the story comes to us from Game Informer, that they may not release uh, a future game uh, in the Elder Scrolls series, the mighty Elder Scrolls series, on systems that do not allow crossplay. And when I saw this story, it seemed like the entire gaming community just kind of slowly turned their heads and then tilted slightly in the direction of Sony. Because for the longest time, Sony has been pretty adamant about, hell no, we ain't doing no crossplay. What's wrong with you? Doing no damn crossplay? Shit. Now, Xbox and Nintendo are essentially embracing 
crossplay. And as everyone knows, the, the Xbox One and PC, they're, they're pretty well integrated. Sony. Oh, Sony. Sony, 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 Sony. And now, and now there is actually a company that's saying, Sony, get your act together. And it has happened recently that there was a game that if you created an account on Sony, uh, on the PlayStation Network, uh, it was locked to that PlayStation. And if you wanted to access your data from other systems, you couldn't do it. And a lot of people were unhappy about that. Uh, going back a little bit further, more into my realm, uh, for the longest time, uh, most specifically recently, Blaze Blue, oh, there yeah. was an attempt at a campaign uh, started by uh, Maximilian, even. Uh, well, he, he was a part of it. He didn't start it, but Maximilian uh, kind of wanted to spread the word that gamers want crossplay in Sony. Pretty taking a pretty hard line stance on this, Jack. Sony is saying if you want crossplay, you can eat a dick. Essentially, Sony, bad, bad form. I mean, I mean, I'm sure they didn't say it in in those exact words, but I, I get the I get the idea. But I mean, this isn't new when it comes to Sony being. The first thing that comes into my mind when I think the word proprietary, <laughs> they've kind of got their whole situation going on. That being said, they are, and again, this is kind of just that upward, uh, 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 in a, God, I can't think of the words now, suddenly I can't talk, but uh, of course, within their own line of consoles and products, Sony offers uh, cross-buy and cross-play across these systems, so it's not like it's out of the realm of possibility. It's just, uh... It, nah, we just don't want to do it with others. <sighs> Unbelievable. Now, Jack... For fighting I, games, that's a problem. I, I'm going to say something that maybe yes. some people might not see coming. Now... I will be the first to admit that the idea of crossplay across fighting games seems to be on paper like something that can and should happen. However, comma, nobody really made a big deal about this when Nintendo was the one that had all of the original proprietary devices. And to to a certain degree, when I see a major company like a Sony or like a Nintendo, say no, because we want people to buy our devices and, and spend money on our network and use our stuff. To me, I don't really have an argument for that because it's a competitive business. Big-time video game consoles are a competitive business. It's why people talk about who wins E3, whether it's Sony or Microsoft or Nintendo. It's why people have console wars. It's why the console wars have gone on for over 20 years now across various companies and consoles. This is what kind of why video games are the way they are. And so far in this generation, Sony has done extremely well for themselves. 
Is it a sign of arrogance on Sony's part? Maybe. But at the same time, I kind of understand why they're taking a hard stance on this. I understand. As Chris Rock once said, I don't like it, but I understand. I do understand. And I understand that line that you're that line of reasoning that you're uh, bringing. Now, I, I think of it less of we're trying to keep our content exclusive and it, it you know, there will always be console exclusive games. I mean, look at what Nintendo is doing. That's what their entire campaign is basically based off of is selling their characters. You get their exclusive games. And then, of course, Sony has that as well. And the Xbox. Xbox had Sunset Overdrive. That was always just the big thing that I thought that uh, flew in my head when I thought of the Xbox One. That was the big exclusive console. Those things aren't going away. Crossplay feels to me as less of an exclusivity thing or a commerce thing, buy our product kind of thing, and more of a community-based thing. And I would definitely like to move more towards a world where I'm not thinking of people as PC gamers or PlayStation gamers or Xbox gamers and these people having their own insular separate communities. I'd like to, you know, we have that kind of a connection with the advent of things like Discord and such, but, you know, continuing on with crossplay, you know, advances in crossplay gaming uh, across uh, platform, I I think it could only be more towards having a more unified uh, community more than anything, rather than, oh, we just want everything to be proprietary and everything to be our own thing. I it do just seems agree to be more you. of a social thing to me, at the very least. I I absolutely we'll understand. I, I completely <laughs> excuse me. I do see that point of view. And and to a certain degree, I'm with you. But I understand why the Microsofts and the Sony's of the world pay tons of money for the console exclusives. Like, I would have loved to have been able to play Cuphead on my PS4, but I can't. Oh well. It, it, it just is me? what it is. It, it just is what it is, really. Um, But the reality is, these companies want people not just to buy games, but they want them to buy the consoles. And I get that. I, I do. I don't, I don't love it, but I get it. And it's, in some ways, it's like buying a car. And where I'm from, the kind of car you buy says a certain thing about you. Uh, it says things like brand loyalty and quality of work. And people believe that about certain consoles with their gaming systems too. Uh, people say that if you buy an Xbox, you know you're going to get a Gears of War game. You know you're going to get a Halo game. Uh, with Sony, people know you're going to get uh, Uncharted. And there's nothing wrong with having those things. But I do agree to a certain point that for, ga- for a game like Overwatch... It's not console-exclusive. Ma- massive, massive game that is... In no way exclusive anywhere. That is a game that should be 
something that crosses all barriers. There should be a, a possibility to play with a PlayStation player or an Xbox player or a PC player, no matter what. Because, because a game that is so massive like that, I feel like that that is a universal success. Like, j- just off the top of my head, I, I can't even think of something as, as big as Overwatch, quite frankly. I guess if I, this is a begrudging thing because I hate the look of it and I hate everything about it and I never want to touch it myself, but I guess Minecraft, that's kind uh, of a similar success, I'd say. Well, that is the let, most let's... begrudging I've ever been in my goddamn life. It's like, yeah. I guess this is a thing that's successful that I hate completely. Yeah, <laughs> well, let, 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 let's stick with Overwatch, Jack, and I'll, I'll pass it to you. Let, let's stick with Overwatch. So, uh, David, there was there there have been a couple of developments in Overwatch recently, but there's one that I really wanted to focus on with you today. Uh, you're aware of the rather polarizing character Diva in Overwatch, aren't you? The young 19 year old South Korean pilot uh, who apparently was retconned from being a StarCraft pro uh, before being a pilot. Apparently, that just kind of happened later on lore is weird and i hate fandom for fucking up social media so badly but that's another story for another day uh starcraft pilot mecha starcraft player and mecha pilot hana song aka after the podcast after the podcast tell me all about this fucked up overwatch lore i genuinely want to know after the podcast but go ahead after the podcast the 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 fucked up lore is so weird but uh starcraft player turned uh mecha pilot Hana Song, aka Diva, uh, has finally. Uh, there recently was a released Overwatch animated short called Shooting Star about her experience as a mecha pilot, and that's M E K A uh, for an acronym for the program. So, David, uh, what do you know about this character from Overwatch? I'm sure you've seen her because she's one of the ones that's just on all the merchandise. I, I've definitely seen Diva. Uh, I know just as much as what you've told me, so yeah. I'm I'm coming in with an open heart and an empty stomach. So Diva is one of the characters I'd say I never picked because when it comes to games like Overwatch that are very character based, you know, I don't really go for things like abilities or such. It's the same with fighting games. I go for characters that grab me by the soul, by the personality. It's no surprise that I chose Junkrat. <laughs> We're two scraggly young dudes in the world. What can we what can we do? When I played yeah. Overwatch, I told I chose Genji. Yeah, oh. I get you. Everybody's got their thing. Everybody connects to somebody. And so that means that you have characters that would rub you the wrong way, uh consequently. Diva is one of those characters for me because she is so gamer girl, cutesy Asian. Uh, hi, winky face. LOL. I'm super strong and I'm really broken and I'm going to keep saying things like nerf this. So she was not would, my favorite. Would you use the word pandering, Jackson? She is 100% the most pandering, most fan service character. And I say that knowing that Tracer debuted the game having a oh, pose yeah. that highlights Tracer. Her- Tracer's the one that I don't like. Tracer. She, she, 
Yeah, she's the one that does. Uh, yeah, yeah. At the very least, Tracer is a charming Brit who is sweet and is constantly wanting to be helpful and positive and doesn't seem like an arrogant prick half of the time who's spouting gamer lingo. So Diva was not my favorite going in. Uh, but I have some friends who enjoy her because of her mech design and, and her, uh, her whole shtick and they, they think that she's great fun. That being said, th- this is a fun short for a number of reasons. There's a really good, uh, look at this futuristic, uh, South Korean city with these big skyscrapers, very ghost in the shell, David. So the environment's awesome. You get this big sweeping water sequence, uh, the sequence above water, big old bay. It's, it's beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous to look at. You get this, uh, some nice scenes with Diva and who I assume is either a, a friend or a brother kind of character. So they're kind of humanizing with that. But you, what really, really set this apart, David, is you really did do get a nice up close understanding of Diva as a brave person who is actually putting her life on the line and risking something. And maybe, just maybe, putting up a little bit of a front to make it seem like she's not hurting as much. It really really did seem to me that there was a bit of humanizing there and i really appreciated it so i would mm-hmm. recommend to people who maybe were like me take a look at this if you're kind of on the fence about diva's personality shooting star at the very least it's a very fun action sequence and the kishin omnic mecha things that she fights are super cool to watch operate they're very cool mecha things overall very what, fun time do you yeah. think that this short could be the first of of many, uh, either for Diva or other characters. Now, that's a good question. Now, we have a quite a number of shorts already for Overwatch. Uh, there's really only a handful that uh, really don't have any kind of showcase in either a comic or a animated short at this point. I think they just need to start showing us more story stuff by now, David, because... You know, you get like little bits and pieces of it here and there, but it's very vague of one time we used to fight robots called Omnics, and now we yeah. don't. So you need Blizzard more. Games. You need more. Blizzard games. Blizzard not games. Not exactly. They have some story, story modes heavy. on occasion, and I know that they heavily cycled those back in during the anniversary uh, uh, celebration which happened around Memorial Day weekend. I know that because the game came out while I was at Fanime and everybody was talking about it in the hotel room. Uh, So I happened to just sneak out in the gamers hall uh, in 2016 and play a little of Overwatch, like launch Overwatch. It was insane. And that's pretty much me saying I, I really just like I'm a stubborn asshole and I played Symmetra from the beginning and I'm getting real tired of these goddamn buffs that are basically changing the characters from what they started as. But that's that's just my two cents. And this is Kent Brockman with my two cents. Well, Jack, l- let's yes. take our final story of the evening and I will let you take it home with uh some some sad news but we'll we'll leave it on oh, a positive yeah. note i'll I'll let you take it from here okay uh well david uh sack anime is coming up and i've been making myself a little bit of a sign uh for a costume that i didn't think i'd be bringing back 
Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but there is a one very distinct reason why I have an Instagram at Rock Behind the Wheel, and that's because of a little-known show called Lazy Town, which blew up in the meme world with the song "We Are Number One." Now, the actor Stefan Carl Stephenson, Icelandic sensation, uh, comedy actor, and of course, just overall fantastic guy, lover of plants, loved his wife, everything like that is unfortunately he has passed on because of bile duct cancer uh he was among his loved ones of course and is survived by his aforementioned wife and plants which he has taken amazing care of seriously take a look at his social media he's such a sweetheart to his plants he treats them like actual kids or pets he talks to them it's adorable Uh, That being said, you know, I miss him terribly. He had such a fun, commanding presence on Lazy Town. Everybody really dove into his history and stage productions and things like that and have brought some stuff up. The actors from the show have come forward. You know, he's a really, really cool guy. And, you know, it's, it's such a shame when these people leave. And again, cancer, it's an absolutely devastating thing. I wanted to mention it earlier when we talked about it with Cells at Work, but I just want to go ahead and offer uh, my own sympathies and uh, my my wishes to everybody who does have to face this kind of thing, because I know how you feel, and it is absolutely no joke. So uh, it's not Robbie Rotten for SAC Anime, but on Sunday, Waluigi will be pe- uh, carrying a very specially prepared sign in remembrance of Stefan Carl Stephenson, a really fantastic performer and wonderful human being. But and David, our condolences and best wishes to fans, friends, and family. But go ahead, Jack. We are number one. That's what it says on the sign. Sorry, it says we are number one, but you get the idea. David, listeners, Boss Lorgus, everybody, thank you so much for listening to us. And thank you, David, for years of enjoyment and of good old-fashioned nerd talks. Where can we listen to the show and where can people leave a review and give us all the feedback and more listener questions? Well, absolutely give us listener questions. You can at us at Jack D. Tyler D. on Twitter. Uh, I'm at initials or DJM on Twitter for now. For now. That's initials or DJM. Like my initials are DJ, DJM. That that's that's what it is. Uh, yes. Let us know your favorite us. anime movie. Add us hard, and yes. and give us your hot takes. If I've said something that's upset you, if I'm problematic, then then at me, at me hard. What do you think of any of the things that we mentioned. Your favorite anime if, movie, High Guardian Spice. I, you name it. If my hot take on High Guardian Spice upset you, then go right ahead. My Go grandmother right was a spice woman. She's a spice girl. <laughs> Which <laughs> one? <laughs> Cilantro. Nice. Sorry, that's a that's an old Who's Line joke. <laughs> uh, you can check us out at the Anime Podcast of some sort in iTunes. Go ahead and give us a review, even a bad one. Even a bad one. You can give us a Let bad one. Let us know one. we suck. Uh, give us the old five stars. That, that'd be really cool. If you don't give us a five stars, you're kind of a hater. But uh, the five stars would be really helpful. It lets more people know what we're doing and that we're out there. So go ahead and do that. Stitcher Radio, Apple Podcasts, 
tune in. Uh, you can listen to us on your smart devices. Just go ahead and tell your smart device to look for it by name, the anime podcast of some sort. And we thank you for and of listening. Course, Delta Juliet Mike Media. At DeltaJuliaMike.com for yes. all your podcasting goodness. For Jack D. Allister, I'm David Jeffrey Majors. Thank you for listening to the anime podcast of some sort. And we will talk about cartoons and have conversations about Japanimation at a later date. Variety is the spice of life. <laughs> <laughs>